0: Did you know that Kinky Wellness is integral to your self-development? Hi, welcome to The Partition, home of Kinky Wellness, the ultimate destination to explore the integral connection between Kinky Wellness and your personal development. I'm your host and Kinky Wellness coach, Dana Shurgle. And each Monday, I bring on a special guest to dive into specific aspects of Kinky Wellness. From unconventional practices, to thought-provoking conversations, I'm here to break down barriers and redefine the boundaries of wellness and pleasure. Don't forget to join me for my solo shows on Wednesdays, where I explore even further into the multifaceted layers of kinky wellness. So let's strip away the shame and taboo together and have an open conversation about it. Hey, and welcome back. Today, D20 Dom and I are getting right to the point and setting the record straight on two of the most controversial and talked about kinks within BDSM and kink, pet and age play. D20 Dom has a PhD and is a professional human behavioral expert, an alternative lifestyles coach who was previously on the show to talk about the importance of self-awareness and ways to live more authentically in episode 91. Today, we remind you that appearances can be deceiving and not everything within BDSM and kink is what has been projected to you. So let's get into it and welcome back, D20 Dom. Welcome back to the show, D20 Dom. How are you doing today? I am doing
1: fine and feeling good. How about you?
0: Good, good. I'm excited to talk about today's topic. We're going to be going into pet play and age play today and kind of going through what those are and what those mean to certain types of people. And yeah, so I guess we could start with just defining what pet and age play is.
1: Yeah, I know these are really hard for a lot of people to understand if you're not within the kink community or you've never been exposed to this Language before it feels strange, and so age play is kind of a catch-all term for any type of BDSM or kinky role play that revolves around pretending that you're a different age, and that's usually younger than whatever it is you currently are. And it's very, very common in the kink community. It's not a resurgence; people are, you know, filling out these roles very easily. And there's munches where you may see full grown adults dressed in pajamas. They might have teddy bears and toys like that. So that's kind of what age play is as far as I know. And there's a lot of reasons why someone would do that. There's different roles within that as well.
0: Absolutely. And then I feel like when it comes to age play, before we get into pet play, I feel that it's, a lot of people, when they hear that, it brings up just as almost when you say BDSM, like, uh, oh, like, I don't mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. to know anymore. Like, that just seems weird. It's a really hard one for people outside of kink to digest, I
1: think. Absolutely. And like I said, there's a lot of reasons why people get into age play. And I think what I hear most often when I'm working with people is just being young again, even if it's only a game, can really provide that sense of comfort and safety. It allows you to kind of escape from the adult world of responsibility. You know, if you've got chronic pain or depression or something else is stressing you out, age play can really be stress relieving. It can be fun. It can be a great way to really build powerful connections between those you choose to share it with.
0: Absolutely. And for me personally, like I, I'm into it. Like I was into it. It healed a lot of things for me. Like, um, a lot of misconceptions people have around age play is that it goes back to some sort of sexual assault as a child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's not the case. I always argue this is I wasn't, I'm not familiar with feelings of safety and security growing up and just feelings of caregiving. So when I have that in age play and when I get it, it's like, it does fill up those cups of what I needed. And it, you know what, it helped me seek it. It helped me to stop, seek it elsewhere. Like it was just very much in my control.
1: Yeah, I agree with that too. I kind of had the same introduction to age play when I heard about it so many years ago. I was like, oh, what's that? And, but I wanted to learn more. And I think over the years, I would have kind of evolved into what people might call a mommy dom in some ways, even though that's not what I set out to be. And for me, that's really helped because I kind of have the opposite problem of you. Um, I had parents who very much were like, yeah, you're, we're going to treat you like an adult and you need to grow up very quickly. And so being able to provide comfort for people you know, when they feel like they don't have other ways to get it. That's been very fulfilling for me as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes. And now I guess we'll go into pet play a little bit here before we get too carried away. Yeah. So
1: pet play again is going to be a role play for some people. It's going to go a little bit deeper than that for other people, but there's quite a lot of people who like to role play as animals. Everyone from Vanilla, if you see people on Halloween, dressing as slutty kittens or things that's kind of a you know form of pet play and there's committed enthusiasts who really enjoy this as a whole sexual dynamic that revolves around being a good for someone so in pink context this type of play like i said it's it's pet play you may have heard it as puppy play or kitten play there's ponies, there's ducks it depends on what animal is involved and you can be whatever animal you want but people again tend to gravitate towards some sausage, like puppies, kittens. Pigs is another one, uh, ponies, cows. And so a lot of this pet play, again, isn't just acting like a pet, but it's engaging with someone as a pet. So you usually have a handler or an owner who's there to play with you while you're in pet mode.
0: Absolutely. And I think that I, I feel like this one's a little bit more, uh, I guess, popularized or more people, mm-hmm, they can mm-hmm. hear the term pet play and then not retreat back like age play. And I kind of want, People to understand that we should be opening it up to both sides. Cause I especially with age play, people will immediately think of like. Oh, it's an older gentleman with a really younger Mm -hmm, woman. mm -hmm, And that's mm -hmm. the only case there is. And it's we seem to always center around that instead of, well, there's a lot of men that actually want to be an age play. And there's a lot of men that want this like caregiving role to either have it done to them or them
1: be that caretaker role. And it doesn't get brought up the same. No, no, and what I'm seeing, um, what I kind of see this manifesting as in modern day, because like I said, age play, pet play, it's kind of gone through a lot of iterations in the 20 years that I've been in kink, but I would say now that manifests as gentle femdom, which I'm seeing a lot, gentle femdom is very close to what I would say a mommy dom is for a lot of people. They're looking for that gentle side. They want the sternness, but they also want to feel like they're being cared for and I say this all the time, like age play, pet play, it doesn't matter what age you are, you can act however you want, you're an adult, this is between consenting adults, and it doesn't always mean that there's some sort of trauma or sexual perversions that people are working through when they're acting in these roles and in these mindsets. And so that's a big thing that I like to advocate for
0: yeah and you know, I saw a CSI episode years ago, and it was like you know a grown man in a diaper, and I feel like that's the only thing too that they yep. realize. And I was over the summer, I was at an erotic edge deli event in India and they had one about age play and it was still the same thing. Like, Mm. as like, as much as I was happy that there was at least, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about it. I'm kind of happy that it was there, but in the same breath, it was the same film and narrative that always gets put out. It's like this diaper thing and that's not the case. And so I don't know how, I, I don't, I'm happy it was there. I'm kind of, but in the same breath, mix, mix yeah. reviews, because that seems to be the stereotype of what
1: always gets pegged for. Absolutely. And it's important to, that we say it, you know, age play is not pedophilia. It's a kink. Pedophilia is something different. In this case, again, it's going to be consenting adults who know what they're doing, not a child being groomed and then taking advantage of. And so A sexually developed human being behaving in a childlike manner to foster these feelings of trust and powerlessness is not pedophilia. And I have to say that a lot. And I also have to remind people, just because you see someone doing age play, that doesn't mean it's sexual. It can be sexual or non-sexual. For a lot of people, there's nothing sexual about age play. experience is solely just about, again, letting go of that responsibility, relaxing and having fun with a childlike mindset. And so these eight players are looking for, you know, cuddles and affection. They're not comfortable with anything sexual. And so it doesn't always equal sexual play between people as well, which I think a lot of people don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, and you know, it always comes back to that within BDSM and Kink. kids always oh there's sex involved there's sex involved it's like no there's not even with pet play you can get into just the full body range of movement different sounds this is really encouraging you to kind of reconnect to your yeah this is encouraging you to reconnect to your imagination in ways that we used to we used to do these things
1: yeah and I have right now you know I have a puppy boy and I have a kitty boy so I've got two pets in my care and uh, we do a lot of sexual things when they're in pet mode, being a puppy or a kitty or a pig or horse or whatever, again, for them, it's distressing, it lets them be happy, and they can be playful, and they know commands, and they get, you know, head hats and treats and things when they please me, and it's another way for them to express what they need without words sometimes, which we really do value.
0: Yes. And there's some things that we can't even express in words. It just doesn't come out the same. You could use the same reference of why we listen to music in certain ways. And it's the same thing. Like there's some things that we really can just act out, sound out and be creative that words can't ever get there.
1: No, no, no. And that's, that's what I like about it. It kind of takes you out of the usual mindset that we're in especially when you remove words or you remove the way that we're used to communicating with each other. The minute that element is removed, it makes you tap into something deeper. It makes you, again, we talked about this on the last time I was here, this self-awareness, right? It helps you figure out what it is you want to express, but maybe not the way you're used to expressing it.
0: Yes. And that's another thing too. I think getting comfortable in allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to express in ways that aren't just verbal can be almost intimidating because you are entering this territory where it's just, that's not the norm. So you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. like, what is this? It's like, it's a journey of self-expression, mm-hmm. what you want to do. It's, it's a beautiful journey. It's fun.
1: I, I agree with that. And I think there's a lot of people who think that only these things are for submissive or bottoms or people who want to, you know, be cared for or ordered around. But people are always surprised when I say like, I am also a, you know, I'm a pet player. I you know I'm a top player and when we're in pet mode I'm like the top dog or the top kitten and I'm in charge and I have to use other elements to convey that I want my boys to follow my orders or do certain things you know I'm scratching them or I'm biting them I'm bringing them to where where I want and I often hear people get confused and say like oh isn't pet play just bestiality and isn't it always humiliating and no that's not the case a lot of again participants are going to be participating with non-sexual desires and um there's just specific things that people are looking for in these types of play that I think unless you're open-minded enough to listen and try it that you won't you won't get on the surface you won't understand
0: yeah when it comes to both of these you have to be willing to sit and listen for a moment like this isn't our knee jerk reaction is to immediately judge and try to fill in the blanks as to why someone might be in these Play types. And that's Mm -hmm. the wrong way around it. Like, it's just one of those things, like, you have to come to the table with complete, like, I don't know. So I'm open to knowing. And it's always different for each person.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Our biases get in the way of a lot of things. And when I have an adverse reaction, you know, I just shared with you when I first heard about page play, I was like, ooh, but I stopped myself and was like, why do I have this aversion? What is it that I think I know about this? Let me, you know, confirm this or you know, figure out if I was completely wrong and I was wrong. And so I do urge people to take a step back and figure out why something might give you the if or that, that, you know, aversion to it, and then dig deep and figure out if that's true or if that's your own biases coming forward.
0: Yeah. I feel like I got into it accidentally. I started with just Dom and just, you know, there wasn't really that much imagination to it. And then one day he asked me to just wear like more brighter colors, prettier Mm -hmm. pinks, you know, frills, (laughs) you know, and all of this jazz. And then the language, he asked me to call him certain things. And you know what? I fucking ate it up. I loved it. Like I was just (laughs) like, wow. And each play, I say this again, it reintroduced me to the more softer sides of myself. Like that's actually where I learned it. Like the more colors the pinks the purples like refalling mm-hmm. in love I wore a lot of black and I liked it I liked wearing the these mm-hmm. colors and I was like you know what I don't know why I cut myself off to this at, at the beginning so you learn more about obviously you learn a lot in all these kinks but that I learned definitely through that I was like I like wearing pretty
1: frilly dresses <laughs> Absolutely. I found that out too. Again, we kind of, we, we've we come to the same sort of things, but from different point of views for me with the age play, being able to be softer because I'm a pretty strict humiliatrix, right? Um, That's my jam. I'm a to but this allows me to access parts of myself that I don't normally get trips for us when I'm acting as a mommy dom or I'm being a caregiver for, for someone. And so just allowing myself to be okay with sharing the softer side was really freeing for me. And I felt like it helped me be an even more complete femme than I already had considered myself.
0: Yeah, that's great. Like, And I feel like when it comes to age play and pet play, there is still a lot of influence from the media. So with age play, Mm -hmm. I grew up, with a lot of films where it was an older gentleman with a younger woman. And even for Mm -hmm. a number period of my life for eight years, my first stepdad was 20 years older than my mom. So I was kind of around that. So the, Mm -hmm. you know, like that age thing, it didn't really bother me. Or I thought that was normal and we still see it in, in, News now. So it does make an influence of how we are grown up, something to at least acknowledge. And then, even with pet play, like (laughs) that whole Beauty and the Beast, and we've got like Bowman and Catwoman. We have all these characters that they're kind of half animal, half not, and they come off as sexy on screen. And those still will make an influence that you can kind of play into if you want to even do that.
1: Absolutely. I feel like, you know, Carl uh, Jung, a psychiatrist who founded like analytical psychology, said that he saw a real benefit in age regression. And he said, you know, it was kind of an attempt to achieve, again, that childhood innocence, the security, love, and trust. And his theory was that people revert to this when they want to feel safe, when they're not sure how to get that safety in other places. And for pet play, I've heard a lot of people believe, you know, it's very beneficial that they do if, you know, if they're involving sexual play with it, they get sexual pleasure a different way. They're, they consider it relaxation therapy and escape from yourself. And also, it, again, extends to expressing selfhood within whatever relationship or community that you're in. Many people don't know this, but the pet play community is big and they all know each other and everyone kind of looks out for each other. And so... Um, if you're looking for community, these pinks, I guess, between pet play and age play, the community is so strong within these two um pinks that people really like looking out for each other. And it's it, I don't hear people say they feel like they're alone when they find this kind of area and think, which I which I enjoy seeing.
0: Yes. And I think that. It's good to say, obviously, because it it can be nerve-wracking when you first say it out loud. I think that even for myself, coming to terms and saying it verbally out loud, that was even when I was working, coming out and saying certain kinks. At the beginning, it was a little nervous. I was like, I don't know how, because other people take it very, again, they need jerk reaction. You must have mm-hmm. been traumatized as a child in some sexual way, physical way. And it's just like, no, when you're stripped of certain emotions, this can help. But also, again, what you said, it's fun. You can, it's safety and more people really do need to feeling to have that feeling of safety. It's not something that we should just not have.
1: No, no, absolutely. And like I said, there's a lot of resources available for individuals who are interested in either of these things. There's online forms and communities, especially if you've seen anything that says dblg that's the daddy, Dom, little girl. There's also MBLB, which is a uh, mommy, Dom, little Boy. And these are all under the same sort of umbrella of community. There's a lot of uh, communities on Reddit and FetLife that cater to this. There's workshops and events that also will kind of give you the one-on-one on this kind of stuff. There's tons of books, articles, and podcasts like these. I also write about it on my website. But there is, there is support and there is more than just you out there. Like I always tell people, if you are attracted to something or like something, I can guarantee you there will be other people who also are into it as well.
0: Totally, totally. And even I know that Esther Perel in one of her books, she mentions that a good exercise that couples can use to practice with leading and submission in a relationship is the collar technique. So like leading mm-hmm. someone with a collar, and you could totally, it could be BDSM, but you can add imagination on top of that and make that into a pet play thing. And so it, it does give more depth to your relationship because you do have to have this kind of power exchange going on.
1: And that is healthy. Yep. Yep. I like it. And my quickest way to sort of get someone in those mindsets, depending on what it is, you know, we're talking about that play is I remove these of their hands, right? I, I put my boys in their, in their midst and then they don't have access to hands and that changes everything that changes how they can do things. And, you know, they're looking again to me to help as, as an owner or as their handler.
0: Yeah. And it's cute because you can always personalize these things, right? So Mm -hmm. everybody loves like callers and you put your name on there, like, you know, please Mm -hmm. return to things like that. And I think that it's fun and we have to take a level of seriousness kind of out of it. It's not fully serious guys. Like this is for all sorts of things. No,
1: Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so healing. I think there are some kinks that the minute you get in it and you find a groove, like you said, you're kind of like, okay, I do like this. And it's because it's playful, you know, it's playful and being playful is really healing because we carry so much throughout our day-to-day lives as adult people, you know, being upstanding citizens, hopefully. Um, And it's, it's stressful, right? It bogs us down. And so this, these types of kinks, it really taps into things that, we have long forgotten about, or we think that we shouldn't be doing because, you know, that's for kids. And so just the ability to let go, the more you can let go in most places with kink, the more benefits you're going to reap from it.
0: Yeah. And letting go. I, If you're not letting go, you must be like really tense. I feel like if you're just somebody that can't let go, you are just wound up. And that is just going to put so much pressure on your nervous system, on so much Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And you do need an outlet to let go. And a lot of the time, what I love so much about sexual wellness is that you can do it like in your home. You don't have to go somewhere. You don't have to go get a gym membership. You don't have to join a team. This is something that is totally in your control.
1: Absolutely. And I also say, you know, not unlike some space or little space, but you know, these things are kind of similar. They put you in this mindset and it led to shed the shackles of normalcy and simply be yourself. And I always hear people say when they first want to do this, like, I feel silly (laughs) and uh, you just got to get over yourself. Like no one's, no one's going to judge you except you. We're our harshest critic. So allow yourself that place to be silly and not feel like yourself that's part of it
0: and silliness is okay it's okay it is. like it is. <laughs> I and you know with HLA it goes like to other avenues right like you could just be drawing you could just be playing mm-hmm. like it just there are activities that you could be doing so it's not necessarily and yeah it's just dressing up for for a lot of things and it's just putting yeah. on this other umbrella of like okay today I'm just not gonna care about
1: the outside world yeah and the guilt, the guilt gets you. I work with some people who say they feel like they are relying on it too much. But I absolutely believe that it's a coping mechanism for stress, for behavior related, uh, you know, medical or mental health conditions. And sometimes it is promoted in certain psychotherapies that we do regress, that we do try to put ourselves back in a different mindset than where we are now, so that we can work through healing. Like, allow yourself space without guilt. There's nothing wrong with you finding out even more about yourself. I always say that like you're going to be your greatest discovery. So don't feel guilty about doing that.
0: And that's very true. Guilt is heavy. And I I think that that comes from a lot of outside sources because like we're made to Mm -hmm. feel guilty about what we want to do. And so we just ignore it.
1: Yep. And that will make you so unhappy when we don't do the things that we really want to do because we're letting other people's opinions of us affect that. That comes around as low self-esteem, as depression, as anxiety. And that's not yours. That's other people putting their ideas on you. You don't have to accept other people's ideas about you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when it comes to pet play, like what major things have you heard, I guess, in your practice of what people get those feelings out of in in a general context?
1: Uh, Generally, people talk about how lighter they feel. Um, And the mindset is almost like a meditative state. I truly believe in movement meditation. I'm not one of those people who can just sit and, and and be still and meditate. But when I'm going for walks or runs, my mind is just kind of like, on autopilot, I'm running, but I'm being able to think about things that maybe I didn't have time to focus on. And so I hear that from a lot of people that they kind of view it as a form of meditation in a way that they get to really just relax and take a back seat or a front seat, depending on their role, um, with the acts that they're doing. And so I love that idea that this is a common thing for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And movement is a big one. I know that we've mentioned Mm -hmm. it earlier, but we are not supposed to be stagnant creatures. I I feel like a broken record sometimes when I say that, but we are not supposed to just be still. I reject that notion. And I think, and it's hard, you know, moving, because if you sit for so long, you kind of have to slowly get into it, like that whole warm up before a workout. And that's what these things do. Like, it's just loosening yourself Mm -hmm. up.
1: Absolutely. We do certain things before we get started. Um, you know, we get we get the the pet mittens out. We get the ears out. Uh, we get the collar, of the leash. Sometimes we have a muzzle. Sometimes it's just simply me brushing my kitty's hair so that he knows I'm ready, and that sort of puts him in the place where, like, okay, he's ready to like start being more like a, a kitten. Um, or if it's my puppy acting more like a puppy, like just being able to allow yourself to move in a way that you're not used to is again freeing like uh dana said we should not be sitting as much as we are and so any movement we can get is good but this is especially fun movement
0: yes yeah so when it comes to either of them are there what are some key topics and points that you want people to know before or if they're curious about entering these types of plays
1: um like i mentioned it's you know play is isn't pedophilia Pet play isn't bestiality, and for a lot of people, it's not sexual, which I think is important. For a lot of people, they're just looking for a safe space to let their guard down from whatever it is that they're being guarded about. And I get this question a lot: people want to know if pet play is the same as furries, and I try kind to of tell them, like, no, it is not. Um, furries, for example, are going to be you know role playing or cosplaying as certain animals. And um, that's not the same thing as pet play. These are two different things. And so um, once you start having an open mind about wanting to explore these things for yourself, you will find the place that you belong. Some people come into it and they are like, I'm definitely a handler. And then they get in they see how much fun the pets are having. And they're like, you know what? I want to do that. I want to get on all fours and do that instead. So um, it's really important that you just drop any concerns preconceived notions you have about these kinks if you are genuinely interested in them and know that you're not alone there are other lots lots of lots of other people who are interested in this and you can tailor it any way you want with whatever comfort level you're okay with
0: yes and the point about furries is a good one because i think that that does come up a lot just because they're dressed up as animals people will be like Mm -hmm. oh that can be pet play
1: (laughs) no no they're different and that's kind of like a cosplay thing as well and it's usually not sexual or anything like that and I think you know they're acting usually like fully autonomously there's no one leading there's there's no interaction between other people that's needed for them to enjoy dressing up before a lot of people who are doing this for pink it's really important that they have someone or people that they can share the side of themselves with And that they can feel safe either exploring this as I want to be a leader in this role or I want to be a follower in this role, especially if that's directly opposed to your vanilla persona. I hear a lot of people say, well, but I'm a boss at work. And so I should be a boss when I'm doing this play. And that might not necessarily be what you need. So be open to finding out what feels best for you. Don't get hung up on the labels. Mm, mm, That's a good point.
0: And when it comes to phrase, I feel like. It's another thing I saw on CSI. I don't know if it's just CSI decided to do <laughs> all the kicking on us. Yeah, they, they do an it. episode mm-hmm. on every single one of us and they did one on furries and it was very highly like there was like a orgy thing and it was just, it. I don't know. And it's just when you meet people, it's actually not, it's so far from the truth that it's like, damn oh, it. It's cringy
1: because you can tell that whoever I I used to watch Law and Order and they hate Shakespeare's on <laughs> Law and Order SVU they would do episodes where I would be like oh my gosh clearly no one who knows about Pink actually helped write these episodes and so it's interesting that a lot of the music and imagery we find in media is bashing this but you can tell they have a very narrow one dimensional understanding of what it is and so if that's your only you know, exposure to it. I urge you, like, go look beyond that because it's so much more than that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with these platforms like FetLife, and you can go find and ask questions. And most people are very okay with, you know, if you reach out and just ask a question, they're mm-hmm. probably going to answer because I find that most people within the community they want to clear up these misconceptions and they want to set the record straight and they want to just say, hey, no, that's not actually the case.
1: Yeah, and I think that's important. There's a lot of cases that get a bad rep, but these two especially are usually at the top of the pile because like you said, if you have no context, then it sounds like it doesn't sound healthy. It doesn't sound safe. It sounds like there's more to it and there is, but it's usually not the more to it that you think it is. And so if you reach out to people, um, you know, there's there's some books, there's, like I said, articles on my site, there's podcasts like this, there is a wealth of literature and resources available that delves into these dynamics, the safety and the ethics of age and cut play.
0: Yes, I think when age play, it's just I, I hate that it's always wrapped up with physical abuse. Like that's my number one thing, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. it into a point. It's not even the general public's fault. Like that is what they've been given, and unfortunately like in and i had this conversation before like and when you have censorship on top of it to try to like correct these things and people can't actually be themselves or you might lose your job or whatever the case may be it's almost like an uphill battle but it's just we're still going to be here waiting for the questions to say no we're going to clarify this
1: yeah i think so too and i because BDSM. You know we are playing with power dynamics. We are playing with physical things. It does sometimes lend itself for a a way for predators to get into our community. And so that's why it's important when you're exploring any aspects of this lifestyle or these dynamics to prioritize your safety and your consent. Make sure you educate yourself about you know safe BDSM practices. Make sure you set both clear boundaries and limits with people that you're talking to. And if you ever feel like wait I don't know what I'm doing or this isn't right and ask someone for help. You know, even if you need to reach out to a professional to ask for help, it's important that you feel safe in what you're doing and don't just go along with it because someone says, I've been doing this for a long time. Trust me, trust your gut. I always tell people that trust your gut because that that usually tells us stuff is happening before we're ready to let the mind accept it. So if you feel a certain way, stop and figure out why that is.
0: Yes. And it's true because even regardless of what you're having sex, sex in general is going to bring in predators. Like you've got guys at the back mm-hmm. of the club waiting on a drunk girls. You have people that pretend yep. that they are dom or sub, whatever the case may be, people lie. Mm-hmm. And it, you're right. The self, there needs to be some level of self-awareness. I think we touched on this before last time you were here, mm-hmm. but yes, listen to yourself and it's okay not to know the answers, but you know, instinctively when something's
1: not right. No. Yep because you might not have the answer you might not know why you don't want to you know engage in this with someone or go back to their house or whatever it is don't push through those feelings stop and listen to yourself because you won't get anything beneficial out of forcing yourself to do things that don't feel like they're for you and so i always tell people that even the you know the boys who serve me i tell them if something doesn't sit right with you at your core, if it feels morally wrong what i'm asking you to do then I need you to speak up. I need you to come to me and, and, and voice that to me. We're people first, before any of these idols and roles, we're people first.
0: Oh, yes, that's very beautiful. To tell you the truth, pet play is something that I feel like I should explore a little bit more into. I think it'd be fun. I'm a big fan of full body movement and all that jazz. And I think that it would actually be the mm-hmm. flip side for me. I think I would like to be a handler on that side instead, because in age play, I'm more of the receiving end of it. And I think it would
1: be a good balance sure. as well. Yeah. And I always tell people, this is something you're interested in Think about what kind of animal you feel like you're most connected to. Um, some people, you know, I have a puppy and when I met him, I said, you're, you're like, you're excitable. You're always like laying on me. You want lots of cuddles and pats. Like you're definitely a human pup if there ever was one. So see what, what really speaks to you.
0: Yes, yes. Well, is there anything else that you want to make sure people know about them?
1: I just want to make sure that they know there's lots of resources available for uh people who are interested out there. So like don't don't not engage in this or explore this because you're you're intimidated um especially for pet play. I say pet play should really be the gateway king, not spanking because it's so easy to get into. There are so many people who enjoy pet play for just up play because it often is not sexual, and so it's a really easy thing to get into, and then find your footing in it, um, so to speak. And so, don't don't be scared to explore things that you're that you don't know about yet. Go figure it out. Find out how it speaks to you.
0: Yes, and until you try it, you really won't know. So, and it's, again, we don't always have to go head first and everything when it comes to kinks, like there are such things as baby steps. You don't have to bite off more than you can chew. That's actually, we'd advise against doing that. Like this is something that you can definitely move slowly with and just talk it out your first time, talk it out as you're doing it. Like the more that you mm-hmm. talk the first time you can start to register with your partner, what's going on, how they feel, you feel. And then maybe the next time you don't talk so much and you know, you can decrease that. And like we said before, find that flow of where mm-hmm. you generally are just playing and you do are just, and before you know it, you're playing and you're like, Oh wow, this is actually so much fun. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, a journal if you're exploring new cakes or fetishes, Keep a little journal and when you have engagement with it, you know, write down what you really enjoyed about it, what you didn't, what stuck out to you, how you were feeling. I like knowing like, were you stressed before we started this or like, were you tired? I like knowing those things so I can see if there's a pattern to it. But kind of keep a little log on replay and uh, any experiences you have with these new kinks and see correlation you you see in things so that you can find the things that you like the most about it.
0: Yes, that's a very good point to all kinks do that. Do you have any other points when getting into like any different types of kinks as well (laughs) that go in line with journaling? Because that's a very good point. Yeah,
1: no, I like that because I like to look back on things and how I thought about things at the very beginning. And, you know, you mentioned taking baby steps into things and, you know, with age play and pet play, if you're interested, but you're like, I'm not ready to like actually do it yet. Go to a munch, wash a pup, party, see how people do act when they're in this, you know, role in this mindset. Make sure it's okay that you're not participating. It usually is. But I always say, let's see real people do these things if possible first before you jump in. Um, and get an idea of what it looks like when it's being played out in real life, if possible. Not videos, um, not pulling not anything like that, but like go find the actual local community if you can um and, and see what it looks like.
0: Yes. And because it's not what you see on pornography. No, it's no, like, and it's just not like that. And if anything, it's way more sillier than that. Like, it really is just like a big, funny, Mm -hmm. like, and you're laughing a lot. I feel like a lot of the time, just like. These giggles or whatever is going up. And that's the other thing, too, is like sound, like natural emotions will give you sound, right? Like we, you know, when we cry or sigh or anything like that. And when mm-hmm. we are overwhelmed with joy, you're going to laugh, you're going to giggle, you're going to be yeah. like, what is happening? And those are all good things that we need to experience.
1: Yeah. And put that in your journal again. Put those things in your journal. I was giggling, like I felt happy, I felt elated, you know, put those things in there. I liked when I was called a good girl or whatever else, so that you can really. Hone in on what it is you enjoy most about this think expression.
0: Yes, and I think when it comes to like being called a good girl or a good boy, like as much as it can be ridiculed out in the general public or you know unpopular things, like oh good girl, like it is good to be called good once in a while. Like you are somebody worth being told you, good things like this is just yeah. like it's fact and so you're allowed to ask and receive certain things that you need to hear in that moment and if you're getting it through any type of kink like that's a positive
1: yeah yep. And yep. don't let people tell you otherwise i think that's important what you've just said like you you know you kind of deserve this and we all deserve to hear these these accolades about ourselves and praise that's why praise play is such a big thing as well you can incorporate that with age play and play um Don't feel bad about wanting to feel good. I tell people that all the time.
0: Yes, that is a valid point. Don't feel bad for wanting to feel good. Yes. And as much as that's easier said than done, there is a lot of weight (laughs) to it. But once you shake it, you become like this. I don't give a fuck. Kind of like screw it, screw it. And there you go. There you just building up your confidence, people. Like this is what we need. (laughs) Yeah, I agree absolutely well this has been great having you back on the show thank you so much this was so informative and until next time is where can my listeners find you have you anything coming up for you
1: thanks so much for having me back i love chatting with you uh people can always read on my website from Monday into mistress which is www.mundanemiss.com. I'm also on Instagram at thed20dom and I'm on Fet Life as well as the20dom and feel free to reach out if you have any questions about Fet play or age play or anything else. Um, what I've got coming up is I will be at Dark Odyssey Winter Fire, So I'm very excited about that in the new year. Wonderful,
0: wonderful. Well, for my listeners, you guys know what to do. As always, stay kinky.